God, you're like... I know. It's that was two years ago. I just feel like it was just something that got talked about a lot on this podcast. Like a lot. Mm. Well, that's probably when we're doing weekly episodes, <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> so, we, so we were just like, oh, <laughs> we need some food to talk about. Yeah. And the reason I bring up travel is that I've been thinking a lot about possibly the most memorable thing that I ate on my last kind of major overseas trip, which was now nearly 10 years ago, which is sad, but I am a dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like you talked a lot about the tomatoes you had in Italy. Would, yeah. would that be the most memorable thing you ate? No, like obviously the cantaloupe and prosciutto. Oh, sorry. We talked <laughs> about that as well. Closely followed by the tomatoes. Um, because I think the most memorable thing, and it's a meal that really sticks with me from Mexico, uh, was something called chapolines from the uh, Mercado Benito Juarez in Oaxaca. Uh, if you can't, you won't be able to see this, but Emily is rolling her eye, like atomic <laughs> eye rolling at me as I say things in Espanol. Uh, but yeah, the chapolines, which were uh, essentially grasshoppers. Mm. Grasshoppers fried in chili and garlic in and like they're just piled up in these big sort of delicious warm piles of chili garlic and are they like size of grasshoppers that you'd see here yeah they're decent sized grasshoppers so that's like at least two bites yeah you could eat them whole okay um you, oh, you, no you got you had to crunch them yeah you yep. just like crunch them down but they were basically like these delicious you know like school prawns yeah you know so you just good. eat them the, the whole thing <laughs> crunchy the legs are crunchy it's like there's a lot of surface area so it picks up all the the um the garlic and the ch- and the chili and i bought a bag of them and took them back to our hotel and my wife was like um okay you obviously bought them just to be clever you don't have to eat them now and i was like <laughs> these things are really good with beer so I, I i smashed the whole bag yum i don't think i've ever had a cricket Okay, well. Well, maybe you've got some crickets today. Maybe <laughs> I do, because maybe the ingredient that we're talking about is, uh, I mean, what are we going to call it? Bugs? Insects? Yeah, insects, I reckon. Creepy crawlies. Yeah. Insects. I think everything we're talking about is insects. I guess because if we're talking about worms or grubs, they're not technically insects, but oh, okay. I'm not going to be talking about worms or grubs. Um. Yeah, neither am I, but I didn't know they weren't insects. That's one to follow up on for me <laughs> later on. <laughs> um, okay, well, let's talk about insects. Um, yeah, well, let's talk about insects. All right, cool. Well, I'm going to start off by taking a trip down um, a, little, a little bit of memory lane to when I used to do a website called Emoji Food Review. That was where I oh, reviewed the good old days. Yeah, reviewed um, food experiences. Remember when emojis, emojis were a thing? I know, it, the, and I should say that this is before there was an emoji for everything. So I was working with a very limited palette, and it did take me. And it was even before you typed in like tomato, and a tomato came up. Like this is when you had to go through to page twenty-seven to get a tomato, and when you had to turn the emoji keyboard on on oh your yeah, phone, God. which you did for me. Thank you. <laughs> Um, yeah, so back then, I published two recipes. Um, one was for chip pizza, mm. and the other one was insect-related. So I want to talk about the insect-related one today. So that was called Scary Fairy Bread, where I bought a one-gram vial of dehydrated ants from Edible Bug Shop. Yeah. So they're tyrant ants, and Edible Bug Shop is like a website where you can buy 
bugs over the internet. They yeah. get mailed to you. Um, so I thought I'd start off with something really small because that's less kind of terrifying than biting into like a whole huge cricket. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I didn't really know what to do with them apart from like garnish things with them. So I thought, why not use them as hundreds and thousands and make fairy bread with nice. them? Nice. Yeah. Um, so blah, blah, blah. What you do, make fairy bread, put butter on white bread and then tip on the ants. Um, and then when you eat them, I didn't really know what to expect because I'd never really had ants before, but they're actually really, really strong lemon flavor and also salty. They're actually delicious flavor wise. Mm -hmm. So like the flavor is like traditional fish and chip condiments. So I feel like yeah, you could easily garnish fish and chips with ants and it would be in place of salt and lemon. Mm, because of the tang yeah, and the, and yeah, the salt. okay, yeah. Um, but the thing is, they're like really, really crunchy and really, really spiky. They're like <laughs> so spiky. It's actually quite, um, this is if you're obviously you're eating like 20 ants at once, which is what I was doing. It's of like course. all like little pin cushions in your mouth. Like it's really quite weird. Um, and have, so they st have they still got like sting at that point? Um, I don't think they have sting in them. I, I, there was a stick in there and I think that was just <laughs> not supposed to be in there. Um, but yeah, the thing is with ants, you really have to chew them a lot because otherwise they kind of like scrape your esophagus on the way down and it's mm. a little bit unpleasant. Well, I wouldn't really say unpleasant, but it's just more like I'm eating ants right now and it brings it to the fore your foreground of your attention. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'd highly recommend ants, maybe not on fairy bread because it's probably too much of a high concentration of ants in one little five by five centimeter triangle. Yeah. Um, but would definitely recommend buying a vial of tyrant ants off the internet and garnishing your fish and chips. Okay. I'll, I'll jump on the internet and get on that. Good. Um, Emily, you're, you're, you're a healthy, healthy eater. You're, you're into... I actually am health, at the moment. Health foods? You are? Well, I don't know. You haven't seen me in a few months. That's true. I've uh, changed completely. Okay, because you're often <laughs> atomic eye-rolling at me when I'm on one of my health kicks where I'm not eating sugar. and. Yeah. Um, have you heard of the bulletproof diet? No. Okay, I don't do diets. Uh, uh, well, are you interested in your daily foundation of high performance, resilience, and vibrant health? I don't know what those Don't you mean. want to hack your life with a series of biohacks designed to effortlessly lose fat, enhance cognitive function and help prevent disease? No. Well, what if I told you <laughs> that on optimize.com.au, they're not paying me to say this, by the way, you could buy all of your bulletproof needs, like bulletproof coffee, which have you had a bulletproof coffee Yeah, I made, it, I made it in yeah. one of the episodes. Yeah. Either coffee or butter. I can't remember which one. <laughs> Probably butter. But I know it's Harry Styles' preferred way to That's drink coffee. That's right. <laughs> it was the coffee episode. Um, and the, uh, yeah, so optimoz.com.au, you can buy special coffee beans, especially for bulletproof coffee. I don't know how different it is. Um, you can also get grass-fed desiccated beef liver capsules. Grass-fed desiccated beef liver capsules. That's yep. a Okay, I think I understand. So what I that guess is. it's a beef liver beef in liver a capsule, in a capsule form, dried out in a capsule form. They've also got um, 
a dried out, like a granulated bone broth. So it kind of looks like... um, I don't don't like that. Nescafe Blend 43, (laughs) but it's bone broth. Um, Or you could get a bulletproof pumpkin spice collagen protein bar if you wanted to buy that. No, you're shaking your head at all of these. (laughs) Well, okay, you're not interested in any of those. What about these roasted crickets with chili and garlic? They actually sound good. Well, based on what you said before. Based on the chapolines I had (laughs) at the Mercado, yeah, anyway, uh, (laughs) in Oaxaca. Um, I I found on on Optimoz, hack your life, optimoz.com.au. Bulletproof power, mind, and body. It says things like, this diet is easy to follow and allows for experimentation and variation. No calorie counting, no measuring. The foods are arranged in a spectrum so you can choose how bulletproof you want to become. The more you eat on the green side of the spectrum, the more you'll feel your brain, body, and hormones reawaken as you effortlessly lose fat, enhance cognitive function, and help prevent diseases. Um, I I am auditioning to do... I didn't know we'd gone into live reads. (laughs) Oh, well, it would have been nice to be consulted, I guess. Unpaid live reads. <laughs> we're, the, we're the smartest podcast ever. Um, yeah, it came with this bulletproof diet roadmap. But anyway, I bought them because of my very, very positive memory. Oh, I'm so excited. So I, I have some here. I have some roasted crickets with chili and garlic. The ingredients are crickets, 99%. And they've got in brackets shellfish. Because I know. I think you have, if you have... might... Yeah. If you have that allergy, mm. yeah. Um, garlic, chili, coconut oil. It's very hot right now. There's a lot of coconut oil on the Optimus yeah. website. What we meant to say there, if you have an allergy to shellfish, you may have an allergy to some insects. Yes. I don't think we actually said that. No, but we're, we're just, just like, yeah, nodding and agreeing. We get it. We get it. Um, <laughs> sometimes we need to remember that there's people listening. Um, so I have some here. Emily, would you like to try yep. some? Thank you. Wow. They're a lot smaller than... you. These must be like baby crickets. They're smaller. Yeah, they're smaller than the chapolinas I had. They're, yeah, really little. Mm. Oh, I dropped one. I'm getting garlic bread crusts concentrated. Yeah. Like. But there's an aftertaste. Mm. And there's an antenna that fell off that's still in my mouth. Yeah. You got to chew these a lot as well because yeah, there's legs and antennas and yeah, um, they're high in proteins. Mm. Protein, protein. <laughs> high in proteins. Um, they're high in protein. Uh, crickets are sixty-eight percent protein. Oh, because I read sixty-nine in my research. Okay, so maybe the they're getting mm. more protein as they um, yeah. uh, they are easy to digest. Uh, they. I'm just reading off the website now. They're paleo, primal, ancestral, and wild. Okay, well, that doesn't mean anything. And, and another thing they tell you to do is freak out your coworkers. <laughs> Leave an open tub on your desk <laughs> and casually nibble at them while in conversation with your colleagues. And I've got to tell you, I've been doing that all week. <laughs> and it's been fantastic. So I feel like I'm biohacking right now. Yeah, I feel more? so bu- bulletproof right now. So... We just ate real crickets Mm. and I've been reading on the internet that crickets are apparently the new kale. Mm. Lots of people have been saying that they're a super food. They're in that elite group of foods that are just like out of control with 
the amount of good things that they have inside them. Sorry, I don't have any fancy words that you got off the Bulletproof website. Enhanced this is cognitive more like function. <laughs> um, but yeah, as you said, the main thing people talk about is protein. Mm. And apparently, gram for gram, they contain twice the protein of beef. Um, and they also contain all nine essential amino acids. So I've got a different form of cricket food here. This is a um, cricket energy bar. And this is kind of what inspired the whole insect episode because I got some cricket products sent to me from this company in Byron Bay called Grillo, who make lots of insect-related foods. Um, and so I thought we could try the cricket energy bar now. Okay. And it's actually banoffee pie flavoured. <laughs> okay. So I'm really excited about this. So it's like um, the, the next hot superfood yeah. with the next hot flavour. Like banoffee, is that like the new oh, salted yeah, caramel? Oh, yeah, it's probably like um, market research. Yeah. Done. Um, it's on trend right now. Okay. Doesn't look very insecty. Just tastes like an energy bar. Tastes delicious. Mmm. Let me read the ingredients. It's got dates in it, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Organic dates. Yeah. Organic dried banana. Organic pumpkin seeds. Organic sunflower seeds. Organic cashews. Yeah. Certified organic cricket powder. Organic cinnamon and sea salt. That's the bit I wouldn't have picked. Mm. Well, let's actually try some organic cricket powder by by itself okay. to see if ground cricket ground crickets taste any better than. Playing crickets. So are they ground crickets because they're ground up or are they ground crickets because <laughs> they come from the ground? Sorry. Um, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry for laughing. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How are we doing this? Are we just like, are we racking up? Yeah. Are we doing lines of this? Okay. Okay. Got some I've cricket. got a hefty, hefty amount here on my finger. Okay. I'm dabbing at it with <laughs> a little finger like I'm a... 80s TV cop testing mm. the. It actually has a strong aftertaste as well, like the cricket. But it's kind of. It's like a salty chocolate. I don't mind it. Did I open the chocolate one? Is it chocolate flavoured? No, this is just the organic cricket powder. It's just cricket powder. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, it doesn't taste like I expected it to. Like, I, I kind of expect it to have no taste. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it doesn't have a lot of taste, and I guess that's why we couldn't taste it in the energy bar. Yeah. And when they recommend you um, make, like, they've got other flavours. Like, they've got one with, like, green stuff that you put in a green smoothie, and you can put this in smoothies and cakes and stuff. Yeah, is that what you meant to do with it? Yeah, but you can cook with it and all that kind of thing. But I thought, like, obviously, if you put cricket powder on... Um, kale, that would be just like an immense <laughs> superfood. <laughs> and I thought that maybe there was no point to doing that. Um, because maybe if you have two superfoods together, they might like cancel each other out or something. So <laughs> I true. thought I, I'd put it on something that maybe needs a bit of a um, nutrient boost, a bit of a protein boost. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So I've got some chips and I thought we could make some cricket, cricket powder flavoured chips. <laughs> 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 so let's see. How they go. Okay, some kettle, kettle, plain, like we're going plain, we're not kind of adding cricket to, 
It's not yeah, going to well be salt I and vinegar and cricket. No, I thought I thought you need to start off with a base with science yeah. experiments. <laughs> then we can branch out from there. Thank you. <laughs> well, that's all a lot. It's just taking a long time. I'm going to eat some crickets over here. Well, I've just put a lot on this one. So that can be mine. I'm really scared I'm going to inhale too much powder. Like, you know, when you make Milo and milk and then you accidentally inhale all the Milo and can't breathe. Okay, cricket chips. Here we go. So good. Yeah. Actually so good. Yeah. It kind of just gives a little bit more salt. body. Yeah. Bit of salt. Rich. Yeah. Mm. There's a tanginess. You're welcome, um, Grillo. You can add that to your line. <laughs> it may not fit in with the, the yeah, healthy um, rest of your product range, but yeah. Yeah. I think this is going to catch on. Mm. All right. We've invented something. Em, you shared with us before your um, your ant recipe, yeah, which was ant fairy bread. Scary fairy bread. Scary yeah. fairy bread, sorry. Um, weirdly enough, inventing that recipe puts you on par with one of Australia's finest chefs. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. Well, um, Ben Shuri is the head chef and founder of Attica in Melbourne's Ripon Lee. We uh, do have a lot in common. Yeah. Uh, was your restaurant recently named number 20 in the world's um, 50 top restaurants, <laughs> making it the, s the number one restaurant in Australasia for six years running. Wow. Going up 12 spaces from 32 to 20, by the way. He seems to have achieved it yeah. a little bit more. Than well, me. yeah, Ben's, Ben's did that. Um, but the, the, the other thing you have in common with Ben Shuri is um, you've been on the podcast in Greedopedia because um, I actually spoke to Ben Shuri earlier today. Um, so not only is he uh, an amazing chef uh, with an incredible uh, sustainability message and, and uh, does incredible things for the community, he also answers emails when obscure podcasters get in touch. So uh, I spoke to Ben Shuri earlier today and I started by asking him uh, what kind of dishes he, he makes at the moment uh, at Attica using ants. Well, um, I mean, the two dishes currently um, are, the, are the black ant lamington, mm -hmm. um, which is a dessert um, where um, ants are encrusted around the outside of the lamington, basically, in place of coconut. Um, and then the other one um, is, the, uh, is the pav. Um, it's a green ant pav. Um, so those are the two things uh, that we're using them for at the moment. Um, with the... Um, with the pav, there's quite unusual flavours kind of um, going on there. Um, basically, um, there's um, there's there's a, there's a cheese and there's banana on this pav. <laughs> that sounds really weird. And then you've got green ants, and and green ants have um, you know sort of vibrant a vibrant flavour of almond coriander. Um, they're really citrusy. They're really super delicious. Um, they're harvested for us um, um, Northern Territory by the Motlop family um, of the Larrakia people and um, and so that's 
um, that's been amazing Australian ingredient to me. Like that's one of the finest, one of the most important, most special, most significant ingredients. Um, and they are and they are lovingly harvested out from the wild. To me, that's um, an ingredient which is just so um, rich in uh, culture and Aboriginal heritage. Um, and goes back tens and tens of thousands of years. So one of the most significant things you could eat in Australia, in my opinion. Um, and put it on, you know, on some on a dish that's really iconic um, to this country. Um, it's very thought-provoking for people the time they eat it. Uh, the have that not everyone is aware of um, our country um, and our Indigenous people's rich history of eating these these ingredients. So how did you come to find that they worked in, in a dessert? Um, it's not even a dessert, actually. It's savoury. Um, yeah, so this pavlova is, it has a little bit of sweetness. We haven't used the green ants in desserts. But this this pav has uh, this is kind of, this is like a salty, cheesy, sour, and then it has this kind of a slice of banana, and then it has this vibrancy um, of you know, lavender and lemongrass. Some people think there's lemongrass coming from the flavour coming from the ant. It doesn't make any sense when I say those flavours and combinations, but when you eat it, it does make sense. It's one of the favourite things of a lot of people eating here, and uh, for uh, for almost everybody that comes here, it's the first time they've ever eaten ant. Noma Mexico were, were doing ant egg to starters when they were going. Did you get a chance to try them? I didn't go to Noma Mexico, unfortunately, but he invited uh, ten of his um, close chef friends. And organised this um, this this research um, exploration into um, the Mayan culture in Yucatan, um, and this sort of fundraiser to try to help um, raise money and awareness for um, for Mayan farmers farming corn. And um, and so I went on that for a week with him, and we ate um, yeah we ate those we ate ant eggs on that trip a couple mm. of times actually. Uh, they're interesting. They're very bland. Um, they really don't have any flavour. They're more of a textural thing, actually. Um, they're a little bit like eating. They're like a less flavourful version of eating uh, wishy grub or a hoo or New Zealand hoo grub. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, so I enjoyed them, but I think you know it's a cultural thing. You need to, you know, understand the culture first before you appreciate them. Have you seen anyone else doing interesting things with insects around the world from a food perspective? Yeah, I mean, um, Rene has been using ants and um, bugs for a long time. Um, but probably the first person that any of us really saw using them was um, Alex Atala at uh, Dom in um, Brazil. Um, they're a part of indigenous culture there too, and um, I remember him presenting a, a a small jelly with a green ant with a green ant set in the middle of it. Um, maybe oh, probably eight years ago now, <clears throat> at a symposium that we were both at in Copenhagen, and um, yeah, I mean that was you know, it was pretty interesting. Ironically, I had uh, attempted to do this dish about ten years ago for restaurants started using ants um, more commonly um, and it was sort of like a, a honey dish with um, with indigenous fruits and I tried to attract um, just wild ants to come and eat the honey and <laughs> but the ants never came for the honey it must have been a long time of the year 
Um, so I tried to do that, but then uh, and, then, and then gave up when they, you know, you know, my hand track didn't work. But yeah, I think you know um, when you start to sort of delve into culture, um, particular my particular interest is in the culture of Australia, and that you know includes Indigenous culture, which to me is one of the most richest, important cultures that we have um, in Australia. It's not the most rich and most important. Um, and and it just um, you know I just wanted to use ants. It was it, it was an important ingredient um, in the history of Australia. It's been eaten by Indigenous people here for thousands and thousands of years. And um, you know I was using all, fruit, all the Indigenous fruits and uh, herbs and spices, shellfish and fish that we could get, um, and insects or ants in particular. Um, you know, are a delicious um, and sustainable protein source that makes sense in our history. And I sort of wanted to be able to show people that. So I guess that, that this is that this is something from here. This is not something from another country. This belongs to this country and this belongs to Indigenous Australians, their heritage, their, their ingredient. So that was a little bit of my chat with... Ben Shuri earlier today. Uh, he was on the phone from Attica, so like he was just sitting in the dining room before um, before everything kicked off for the day. So the phone line was a little uh, a little flaky, but um, you know one of the things he talked about was how different um, different ants can be. So he uses green ants in that pavlova dish he's talking about, and um, dehydrated black ants um, in the um, lamingtons that he makes. And he was saying how different they are in flavour, and also in, in how you prepare them. So the the Black ants were dehydrated and really sort of crispy, whereas the green ants, he gets them frozen from the Northern Territory and you don't need to cook them. They're just kind of like a little little flavor bomb. Um, and just incredible to hear him talk about, you know, characteristically knowing exactly where it comes from, the, the stories that, um, that, that that ingredient tells. Um, and yeah, it was pretty incredible to be able to talk to him. So thank you, Ben Shuri, for joining us on Ingredipedia. Have you tried either of those dishes? I have not. I need uh, to try that pavlova. It sounds so good. Well, hopefully it's still on the menu in October because um, that's how far out Attica is booked. Um, the yeah. October, we're recording this uh, at the start of July <laughs> and um, I don't know when it's going to be released. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we're recording this at the start of July and bookings for October went online today. Um, okay. they're probably very likely October is already all booked out and then November goes, you know, th- so it's basically three months out. You've got to think about going to that restaurant. Um, it's small and it's, um, on a suburban side street in Ripponlea, um, and it's making some of the best food in the world. So pretty incredible to get to talk to him today. Um, okay. So... Personal question. Do you sleep with your mouth open or closed? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Well, if you sleep with it open, yeah. you may be worried about the number of bugs you've swallowed in your sleep. Okay. Well, I hope I sleep with my <laughs> mouth closed. Then. Um, I think a commonly held belief is that over the course of your lifetime, you'll swallow about eight spiders in your sleep. Mm. Have you heard that before? I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember on the playground as a kid and finding out and then forcing myself to like try and 
breathe through my nose, but it just being <laughs> impossible because I can hardly breathe. Um, so for this last um, fact of mine, I wanted to find out whether this is actually true. Um, and yeah, I didn't talk to one of the best chefs in the world, so I feel really quite <laughs> inadequate now. But I'm just gonna hey, you talk might get about some my sympathy votes. Research. You might get some sympathy votes. <laughs> all right, all right. Aiming for the sympathy vote. So, um, yeah, I did some a little bit of research and someone had asked that exact same question on Quora. So um, an entomologist called Martin Shalomi answered and he said, um, insects are not that stupid. They will not crawl into warm, moist, CO2 exhaling cave. That is pretty obviously the entrance to something big and living. Granted, some insects like roaches do occasionally crawl into ears and get stuck, but that's very rare. The idea that we swallow a certain number of spiders every lifetime slash year slash night is just an urban legend. Wow. So you can rest easy. Okay. Um, Spiders are too scared to crawl in our mouths when we're asleep, and that's just the way I'd like it to stay. So listeners, you can fall asleep um, calmly with your mouth wide open and not be scared that spiders are going to crawl in there and lay a million eggs. This has been an Ingredipedia <laughs> community announcement. Okay, well, you've been talking about not catching insects. Mm. I want to talk about catching insects because people might not just be able to, like, you know, order frozen green ants from the Northern Territory or, mm. or buy cricket powder from Byron Bay or, or, you know, but might still want to eat insects and get the health benefits for their bulletproof diet, for example. So how do you catch your own insects? And actually, oh no, you, you ordered you ordered your ants in. I was going to say yeah. you didn't try and but catch ants. But I liked ants. Ben's idea of setting up a honey trap. Like so, yeah, but it didn't work. Yeah. It, the best chef in the world couldn't catch ants. Yeah. Um, but luckily, the good people at Backpacker Magazine, there's a magazine for everything, <laughs> uh, have a helpful guide. And so they've, they've put together a guide, essentially a survival guide, if you need to survive on, on, uh, on insects, on, on different types of bugs. And um, they've given some helpful hints. And I liked a few of them. Um, so this is, this is potentially what Ben should have done when he was trying to catch ants. Uh, the method for catching ants, just scan the ground and you're sure to eventually find a skittering battalion of ants. They march in straight lines, so they'll lead you straight to their home base. One good way to collect them is to hit an ant hill or other habitat, like a rotting log, with a stick a couple of times, and then put the end of the stick in the opening. As the ants rush to bite the stick, dunk it in a container of water, ideally the container you, you want to cook them in, and repeat until you have a few hundred. Hmm. So you put the stick in, the ants jump on the stick, and then you put the stick in water and you're catching the ants. I still feel mean. Well, I guess, I, guess, I guess that is nature. He also gives some hints on how to cook them. So he says, capture as many as you can, putting them straight into the water so that they drown while you catch more. So that's, I guess, mm. a better way of doing it. Once you've caught a sizable portion, boil them for about six minutes. This will neutralize the acid in their bodies, depending on what kind of ants they are, because I think the acid in the green ants is what made them good, according to Venturi, and he's the best chef in the world. Um, if you have to eat them raw, just make sure they're dead first so they don't bite you. So can you, are you just talking about any ant? Like is any ant okay? Because I'm assuming like bull ants you shouldn't eat. Well, yeah, I guess if you boil them for long enough, it's going to mm-hmm. neutralize the acid. But it doesn't really say in this article what sort 
of ants or grasshoppers to catch. Um, they actually give some pointers on catching grasshoppers as well. And I really like this one. The method was, um, so when and where. Grasshoppers are easiest to catch in the early mornings when they move more slowly. So look for crickets in, uh, so this is crickets and grasshoppers. Look for crickets in damp, dark places first, under rocks, logs, and other large objects. Also check in tall grasses, shrubs, and trees. Sh try shaking branches above a shirt, sleeping bag, or other piece of fabric and see if any edibles fall onto it. And they say that because this is one of the methods, by wool, blanket, or flannel shirt. So if you have, happen to have a, a wool blanket or flannel shirt, place it in the middle of a field or location where grasshoppers seem to be plentiful. Chase the hoppy little bugs onto the flannel or blanket. Their feet will get caught in the fibers a little, hopefully giving you enough time to pluck them off. God. So it's like a little trap, a little blanket trap. Uh, the method of catching I really liked were for what they call here wood lice, but they're also known as roly polies or butchy boys or, oh, yeah. you know, little... I, they like slaters? Slaters. Yeah. They've got a lot of names, <laughs> but they're calling them wood lice, which isn't no, the nicest name. No, it's not the name. best name. No, let's go with <laughs> slaters. Um, so their method is push things over. Sorry, there's two steps. One, push things <laughs> over. Two, collect bugs. I feel like they'd be the easiest ones to find. Yeah. Well, like they're always under stuff. But do you know how to how to cook them? No. Uh, you just boil them. No. <laughs> uh, but that it's important to actually, it, it is important to boil these ones. So drop them in boiling water and leave them there for a while. They can carry nematodes, better known as parasitic roundworms, things you don't oh, want freeloading God. in your intestines. That's, n that's not something you so want. So be sure they're thoroughly cooked. When they're done, strain the water out and eat. In fact, I'm not sure if it's worth the risk, to be it's honest. Possibly not. I, I, I'm not going to get medical advice from Backpacker Magazine or wherever you got that. <laughs> yeah, it's probably best not to. <laughs> okay, cool. What did we talk about? Cool. So I talked about ants on scary fairy bread. And then I taste tested some roasted crickets with chili and garlic. Then I moved on to some cricket powder and put that on chips. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, then I interviewed Attica head chef and owner Ben Shuri. And I debunked the myth about um, spiders crawling into your mouth when you're asleep. And I told you how to catch, cook and eat. Slaters, <laughs> among other things. Yeah, so... You can vote for who you thought was the most interesting on our Instagram, which is Ingredipedia. Um, look, I'm going to start my campaign for sympathy votes right now because Ben did a really, really good interview with the best, one of the best chefs in the world. So, oh, and if you vote I for Ben, really just think about you're not just voting for me; you're voting for Ben. <laughs> I'd like to take this opportunity to point out that I won the last episode on processed cheese. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, thank you for listening. As always, uh, keep your ingredient uh, suggestions rolling in. This was an example of, a, of an ingredient that was suggested by a listener. Um, and so please hit us up on ingredipedia.com.au yeah. and tell us what you want, want us to talk about. Um, I'd also like to mention the legends who send us food, including um, Azriel, who sent us some delicious vegan <laughs> um, we were just <laughs> discussing 
how to pronounce that word. Yeah, so I think it's Dulce Delec. Sure. Um, the pronunciation <laughs> manual on YouTube says it like this. Dulce Delec. But, um, yeah, we'll go with it. It's delicious. <laughs> Thank you, Ezreal. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back next month. <laughs>